Today is Wednesday, September the 28th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I talk Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference as the Gamecocks continue preparations for tomorrow night's game at Williams-Brice Stadium. Also, SEC gambling picks for a packed Week 5 slate, including a late add of the card with a line being released for South Carolina and South Carolina State tomorrow night. Also, of course, with the game being moved up, guys, we are breaking down everything between the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs. I will talk top storylines key matchups to watch, keys the game, and I will lock in my lead pipe lock of the week prediction as well. Also, your listener questions, we have got a jam-packed show for you here on this Wednesday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, guys, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. And when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to be any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Guys, simply put, they always leave it better then they found it. Give them a call today at 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
football gods must have heard us, folks. We spent all preseason long clamoring for a Thursday night kickoff under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium. We spent many of the summer months talking about great Thursday night games in South Carolina football history. And while this may not be happening under the most ideal of circumstances, the fact remains, we've got Thursday night football in Columbia yet again. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show as always, and we have got a jam-packed Wednesday show for you guys. I say it all the time that I appreciate you all rocking and rolling with the punches and, and being flexible with things. I want to say I truly do appreciate it, of course, in a week like this where everything is so chaotic and we got a bunch of schedule changes and we're changing our content schedule and we're doing a lot of things last minute. You guys continue to show love, continue to rock, and so I want to say thank you all so much. Also, man, I want to say thank you, and I'm sure many of you haven't really noticed in regards to the content outside of the Daily Crow having a different setup, but obviously I've been out of town since Sunday for the first half of this week, taking some time to myself to sort of detach and and reset mentally and 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 appreciate life, if you will, really. I don't want to get too deep into the philosophical side of things, but just taking some time to myself. And, uh, you know, again, you guys continue to show love, and I, I just want to say thank you, man. I'm, I'm so grateful for the life that I get to live and uh, the fact that I get to pursue my dreams and fuel my dreams and passions and and chase my goals every single day. And it's all because of you guys, man. It's all because of you guys and the support system we've built here with TSUS. And uh, I, I just want to say thank you again. I want to say thank you again. I know I show a lot of love and a lot of gratitude on these airways, but it's well-deserved. And uh, I'm someone that believes in leading with gratitude and and uh, leading with that type of mindset. So, again, I just want to say thank you all so much, man. It's been an incredible week for me on, on the personal side of things and and, uh, you know, you take a step back from all the technology and really the hustle and bustle, if you will, and you get out in nature and, you know, it's crazy. You go about a mile up in the air and you stand on the edge of a mountain and you realize how small and insignificant you are, which is a very healthy thing. I say that in a very healthy way. Um, but, you know, you just just realize that it's OK to slow down and it's OK to detach from time to time. You know, I'm somebody my brain just stays going a thousand miles an hour. And, you know, it feels good that I can do that and know that business is going to continue to thrive. We're going to continue to flourish because you guys aren't going anywhere. It's you all. I'm just one man. I'm just a guy with a mic without you guys, the love and support and the support system that we've built here. None of this would be possible. So, again, I want to say thank you all so much. Y'all motivate me. More than you know, y'all inspire me every single day. Uh, y'all keep me rocking and rolling, man, on a daily basis to get after it and and uh, you know try to go even further and push even harder and and uh, strive for even more on this journey that we're on. So thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all again, man. I can't say it enough. With that being said, obviously, again, this is a crazy week, a lot of moving pieces. So let me tell you where we're at right now uh, in our housekeeping items before we get into everything in regards to the show. Now, of course, as we all know, kickoff has been moved up from Saturday to Thursday due to the hurricane. Because of that, the tailgate, the TSUS tailgate, is still happening. I'm very excited to say I called the folks over at Seawells. They said, Chris, of course, you can come out. We're opening up Seawells, the tailgate side of things, at 2.30. So the TSUS tailgate, guys, is still going to be happening. Spot 78 at Seawells tomorrow afternoon. We will be out there 
2.30 until kickoff, and it'll be just like every other TSUS tailgate. I'll be selling the Beamer Ball towels. We'll be selling the koozies. I'll have koozies and stickers to give away as well. Going to be a heck of a time as we count down the seconds till kickoff when toe meets leather and the Gamecocks take on South Carolina State under the lights. But the TSUS tailgate is on. With that being said, there are some changes to the content schedule. Of course, guys, first things first. As you're hearing today, we are breaking down the South Carolina State game and previewing everything and locking everything in on this show today. So the Friday podcast will now be our full recap. That'll be the show that you would normally hear right on Monday, which makes a lot of sense because we play on Thursday. So that's what you can expect from the podcast side of things. The only change of the Daily Crow is that on Thursday, instead of 12 to 2 because of kickoff and everything else and you know us having to get down to Columbia and stuff like that, the Daily Crow on Thursday will now be from 10 to 12. 10 to 12 is when we'll rot the Daily Crow on Thursday, so plan accordingly. If you got to take an early lunch, tell the boss, whatever you got to tell the boss, what have you, 10 to 12 is when we'll rot the Daily Crow, and it'll be the normal Daily Crow. I'll be back in the studio doing the thing. I'm also really excited to say uh, two things on this note. Number one, I am joining Inside the Gamecocks today at 11.30 a.m. with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax, for those of you who want to tune in. But I am excited to say that on Thursday, J.C. Sherbert has been kind enough and gracious enough with his time. He will still join us for his weekly segment. It'll be a game day edition of my conversation with J.C. Sherbert. He will join the show at 10 15. So really excited to chat with JC, everything he's got going on, uh, and obviously talk about the game that's going to be happening that night and breaking down everything with Gamecocks football. But really appreciate JC taking the time, uh, being able to rock with us on TDC still, although it's a different time. Again, I really appreciate him. And again, TDC will be tomorrow 10 to 12. Outside of that, guys, everything is normal. I mean, we're dropping the podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday as normal. That's why I did the schedule like that. And then uh, the Daily Crow, of course, today and then Friday will be 12 to 2. 10 to 12, the Daily Crow. That is the only thing that is different. Outside of that, guys, we'll operate as normal in regards to a game day and content bleeding out the eyeballs. And you guys already know that that's going to be the case when it comes to me and when it comes to TSUS. All right, that being said, we got all that out of the way. Let's go ahead and dive into everything because we have a lot to discuss and dive into here on this Wednesday. We'll first, of course, start like we always do on a Wednesday with Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference. There's not a lot to take away from this. Uh, Coach Beamer did update the injuries. Darius Rush is questionable. Dylan Wanham is doubtful. It sounds like everyone else is good to go. I will tell you this, guys. In a short week, a short week of rest, I think all of the guys that are even remotely questionable to go or have any sort of nicks and bruises, you're either going to see them play very limited number of snaps or not play at all. And that's what I would suggest because let's because let's let's call it for what it is, right? This is a game you should be able to do sort of whatever you want against SC State. It's a game that you're not concerned about, you know, whether you're going to win or lose. You're not concerned about the end result and the outcome. So if you've got guys that need the rest, right, you dive back into SEC play uh, next weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats. We all know how big of a game that'll be, and we'll talk about that more in detail, of course, next week. But <clears throat> with that looming, I think is a, it is a wise decision for those guys that need the rest, that need to get healthy, hey, that maybe even just need to mentally reset. This is a good opportunity 
to let those guys do that. So Rush questionable, Wanham doubtful. I don't think either one of those guys is going to play. And I know Beamer says everybody else is good to go. But again, I think if anybody on this roster, especially any of your key guys, if anybody is nicked up, bruised up, whatever, and they need some time off, um, I think you give it to him, no doubt. Uh, also, I thought Shane Beamer, of course, what you expect. He was very complimentary of Buddy Pugh, South Carolina State, showing love for Buddy Pugh and respect and what he's done. Obviously, Pugh, a legend in the South Carolina coaching ranks, SC State, a legendary program as well. One of the comments that I thought was really, really interesting from Coach Beamer, I, I, I was surprised to hear him say this. I'll be honest with you. When he made the comment, that he said that, you know, to me, we can run the ball. And let me go back to the quote. Here we go. To me, here's what he said. Quote, to me, we've shown we can run the ball. And that's when he was asked about, you know, what do you do well offensively? What are your thoughts on the offense? And I was just surprised to hear him say that, guys. Because I understand what we did against Charlotte, right? I understand the success that we had running the football all over them. And I know that at times against Arkansas, even Georgia State, maybe Georgia, although they're really tough to call, there have been times, though, there have been spurts where we've been able to run the football successfully, right? But for Shane Beamer to go on record and make it seem that, you know, we've without a doubt shown we can run the ball, that was a bit surprising to me. Um, and it's and it's not something I'm going to get worked up about or spend a lot of time talking about, but I, <laughs> you make a statement like that, and it's like, okay, well, you better run it down SC State's throat, and you better be able to run it when we get back into SEC play, right? If you're going to say something like that, let's back it up. Just thought it was an interesting comment. Outside of that, guys, the Tuesday press conference was honestly pretty boring. And I fault the media for that. The questions were, they were honestly not all that great. Media boys, if y'all listen, y'all can do a lot better than what you did. A lot of just softballs thrown up there for Coach Beamer and not a whole lot to take from it. So, um, you know, a lot of questions regarding, you know, talked about they, they've called the Miami Dolphins on how to get ready for a short week or something like that. So kind of everything all over the place. I know everybody's sort of scrambling with kickoff being moved to Thursday, but uh just sort of ho-hum, you know, business as usual for Shane Beamer. But that that comment about running the ball, I, I thought that was I thought it was really, really interesting. And it's all fine to say it now, but if you're gonna say that, like we better be able to run the football when we get back into SEC play. That's all I'm saying. Um, so again, that's Shane Beamer's Tuesday presser, guys. If you guys have any questions or comments or thoughts from that, let me know. Let's dive into the gambling side of things, guys. It's so it's funny. We did not have a line for this South Carolina SC State game. And I'm not giving a best bet for this one because we don't have a total. But I will lock in my pick, right, for the spread. Because shout out to WinBet. WinBet actually dropped a spread for this game. Late submission of the card. I mean, literally, guys, right before I was about to record, I saw the spread on WinBet. So we have added it to our SEC gambling picks for week five. And by the way, yours truly, after last week, we had a six and four week, not too bad. Sitting 26 and 23. We're still hovering above 500. We can do better, though. I'm feeling a big week this week. I'm feeling a big week this week. I'm feeling a major, massive gambling weekend for us all. And speaking of gambling, of course, guys, our SEC gambling picks is always brought to you by our friends over at 
Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app. Go to PrizePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you could take the over on Rattler, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can do college football, any college sport, by the way, NBA, NHL, MLB, everything you can think of. And, of course, we love prize picks, guys, for the college sport gambling side of things. Prize Picks has also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, you're betting on spreads, you're betting on totals, you're betting on futures. You are missing out if you're not betting with Prize Picks. So many of our listeners have won a ton of money with our friends at Prize Picks. Go download that Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up. You're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, let's break the bookie this season with our friends over at Prize Picks. On that note, guys, let's get into our SEC gambling picks week five. We will start in Gainesville. The Gators game, which has been moved to Sunday, by the way. Florida now taking on Eastern Washington. I believe that's a noon kickoff in Gainesville due to the hurricane. They will play them on Sunday at noon. The Gators are a 29.5-point favorite, I think, with the extra rest. Florida will be motivated in this one. They will score, and they will score in bunches. They will cover the 29.5. Give me Florida to cover 29.5. Georgia goes on the road to Como, taking on the Missouri Tigers. The Dogs are a 27.5-point favorite. I know it's a lot, guys, but Mizzou coming off that heartbreaking loss at Auburn, a game they should have won. I mean, literally nobody should lose the way Missouri lost. Georgia coming off a disappointing game against Kent State, right? Everybody in the country talking about what happened to Georgia, what's going on with Georgia. I think Georgia takes it personally, and I think they take it to Missouri. I think Missouri's hurting. I think they let Auburn affect them for a second week, and I think Georgia will hammer the Missouri Tigers. Give me dogs minus 27 and a half. In that one, LSU traveling to the Plains. Speaking of Auburn, the Tigers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the Auburn Tigers. Guaranteed the Tigers are going to cover. <laughs> Anyways, LSU minus eight-and-a-half over Auburn. I like LSU to cover this. I know LSU's been sort of a mixed bag, sort of inconsistent, but I think Auburn, too, coming off the emotional high of winning that game. I know they're at home. I just, I don't know. I like LSU, even though they're on the road. Give me LSU minus eight-and-a-half. Here's a really interesting one. We move... To Starkville, Mississippi State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Texas A&M Aggies. And I looked at this one, guys, and I know A&M, they're not world beaters, right? They lost to App State, but they bounced back with back-to-back top-ten wins over Miami and Arkansas, right? And I look at this game, and I'm like, how is Mississippi State a three-and-a-half-point favorite here? It feels like Texas A&M is the obvious pick. When it's that obvious, though, it's never that easy, guys. Vegas knows that. Give me Mississippi State to cover. I think Vegas knows something here. I think many folks, I think what Vegas knows is that A&M is being overvalued 
after back-to-back wins, and they still have major issues. And I also think Mississippi State is a very underrated football team in the SEC West in Starkville. Weird things happen. Give me more cowbell. MSU minus three and a half covers against the Aggies. Alabama travels to Fayetteville. Here's an interesting game. Take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. The Crimson Tide are a 16 and a half point favorite in this one. Bama's going to win the football game. But I like Arkansas in this one. I like Arkansas to cover 16 and a half. I do think Arkansas keeps it close. I know the pass defense has been an issue, but I think they've got the guys up front line of scrimmage to not beat Alabama, but to keep it within two touchdowns. I think this is a quality football game. Arkansas takes Bama to the quote-unquote wire, at least to the wire for them. They will cover. Alabama will win. Give me Hogs plus 16 and a half. South Carolina taking on South Carolina State. Actually, let's save our game for last. Ole Miss, we'll do this one. Ole Miss taking on Kentucky. The seventh-ranked Kentucky Wildcats go to Oxford. Ole Miss is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite, folks. I cannot say this emphatically enough. Hammer, and I mean hammer, the Ole Miss Rebels, minus six-and-a-half. Kentucky is so freaking overrated, and the Cats have got to go on the road. I think they get exposed against Ole Miss. I think Lane Kiffin will have something dialed up for Mark Stoops. I think they will score a lot. Kentucky's got real issues on the offensive line. I think Ole Miss takes advantage. I think they win this football game. They cover the six and a half. Finally, guys, we will get into our game. Gamecocks taking on SC State and the line that dropped from win bet. South Carolina is a 37 and a half point favorite in this one. And folks, you might be thinking to yourself, my God, that is so many points. I'm here to tell you it's not enough. I will get into my lead pipe lock of the week prediction here in just a little bit, but 37 and a half is not enough points for what South Carolina is going to do to SC State tomorrow night. Give me the Gamecocks minus 37 and a half tomorrow night under the lights at Willie B. So that's it, guys, for my SEC gambling picks. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. What are your picks, and how are you doing this season, by the way? Are you doing much, much better than me? Are you doing worse, about the same? Are you taking my picks, or are you guys fading my picks? I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it, how it's going for you. That being said, guys, normally on a Wednesday, this is when we are wrapping up the show. But no, 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 no. Don't you go anywhere, because with kickoff now being moved up to tomorrow, we've got our full game preview, breakdown, prediction, all that good stuff here on a Wednesday. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. The Gamecocks take on the South Carolina State Bulldogs tomorrow night under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium, a 7 o'clock kick. Guys, the game is on SEC Network. I know many of you have been asking, Chris, is it televised? The game was originally scheduled to be aired on ESPNU on Saturday. Of course, the game being moved due to the hurricane SEC Network has picked up the ball games. I know there's many of you out there that probably had scheduling conflicts or had plans to come and couldn't. You will be able to watch the game on the big channel on SEC Network. So do not fret. You don't have to worry about dealing with SEC Network Plus streaming or ESPN Plus streaming. SEC Network is where you can check out the game. Again, guys, Gamecocks are a 37 and a half point favorite. The series history, Gamecocks lead this series all-time 2-0. The last meeting, which we highlighted yesterday, was 2009. Stephen Garcia, Mo Brown, the boys led South Carolina to a 38-14 to win over the Bulldogs. The last, or excuse me, the first meeting they ever had was 2007. 
I don't remember the score. I think it was 34 to three or something. But I recall from that game, Nathan Pepper had the scoop and score in that game and he tore his ACL on the play. And I know that because we had Nathan Pepper on the show a couple of years ago. And he told me that story and told us all about it. Great interview, great conversation. If you have not checked that out, highly suggest you do so. But these two teams meeting for just the third all time meeting between the two schools. And as we dive into our top storylines, guys, of course, we have to start. Thursday night football returns to Columbia, South Carolina. And I, and I think the things that come with a Thursday, of course, with this game, you did not schedule it. You did not plan for it. So I know from the fan side of things, right, in the fan aspect, I'm extremely excited. You know, I, I was a bit concerned they were going to move this game to Sunday at noon or, or, you know, later in the season or what have you. I thought Thursday was a great solution. And from the fan side of things, it's awesome, right? Who doesn't love Thursday night football at Williams-Brice Stadium? I've, I've gone to so many of the Thursday night games when we used to have them in the Spurrier era, and they're just a ton of fun. From the actual football team side of things, I'm curious how this affects USC in, in regards to, like I talked about earlier, resting guys, who plays, how much do they play, is the game plan, how does it affect the game plan, if at all, is the game plan dumbed down and simplified because you've got less time to get ready. Obviously, in a matchup like this, it should not matter a ton, but that is something I'm curious about because this is an important game, guys. Whether you want to look at it that way or not, in my mind, this is a very important game because as we talked about, just like the Charlotte game, and I'll look at this game the same way, this is a game and an opportunity you need to use to improve your football team. This is a game you need to use to sharpen your tool set, sharpen, work on your weaknesses, work on your deficiencies, right? To prepare yourself to return to SEC play next week. And it's more than just, it's bigger than just one game. That's why you've heard me all week griping a bit or nitpicking a bit, quote unquote, about the Charlotte game. And these games are important for building your football team as you move forward. So I wonder just what the game plan is, if the game plan's affected at all by a short week. Is the personnel in which we use, how long guys are in the game, how long guys play, is that affected due to a short week? I'll be very curious to see. But, of course, the fan side of things. I think Gamecock fans, you guys, we're all going to show up, show out. Of course, I'll be there. Cannot wait to be back in the building. Uh, going to be an absolute blast. Going to be a ton of fun. For us, it's a great thing. How does it affect this football team? Really curious. See, now, the big storyline for me, guys, and you're going to get tired of hearing me say it. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it until it happens. Start fast. The slow starts have got to cease. The slow starts have got to come to an end. Because again, I think it's becoming something where it's almost this mentality of we're going to win the second half. We're going to win the second half. And that's great. That's great. I love that mentality of winning the second half. But I think starting fast, getting off to a positive start is important. I think it is. And it's almost damn near inexcusable to not start off on a better foot than you have been doing so, right? So getting off to quicker starts, jumping out to a lead, establishing we are the better football team, right? It's all a mentality thing, I think, at this point. Because you look at last weekend, the Gamecocks had that big second-half surge. They South Carolina wasn't not good enough in the first half to do that. What was the difference? I think mentality. So we'll see if that mentality starts to change. We'll see if South Carolina can change that trend. Again, guys, you've all seen the stats. At this point, Carolina been outscored 28-6 to in the first quarter of games thus far this season. Have not scored 
a first quarter touchdown. That's got to change tomorrow night. That's got to change tomorrow night. Another big storyline, guys, talking the offense. You know, we saw it last weekend against Charlotte, the run game. Do the Gamecocks, and does Marcus Satterfield lean on the run game once again, or is he willing to throw a wrinkle in the playbook? Now, Sats told us who he is, right? He wants to run 12, 13 personnel, run for 270 yards, and that's fine because you're going to be able to run it all over SC State, and it's funny. These next two storylines that I have listed here in my notes, I, I feel like I could have just bunched them together because I have the run game. It is South going to lean on that. Also, though, getting Spencer Rattler in the passing game going. Listen, I, I don't have a problem. Let me make this very clear. I don't have a problem if you run for 250 in this game. I don't. I don't have a problem if you want to run the football, establish the line of scrimmage, establish your dominance up front. That is a great thing. But in my opinion, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't use a game like this to get Spencer Rattler and your passing game going. Because we talk about the confidence level of a Marshawn Lloyd. We talk about the confidence level of the offensive line after that game against Charlotte. Where is Spencer Rattler's confidence, guys? Where is Jaheim Bell's confidence? Where's Josh Van's confidence? How about Antoine Wells, who one week has seven catches and the next week has zero? Where is Austin Stogner's confidence? Because all of those gentlemen I just mentioned, you're going to need them all down the stretch to play quality football for you. So I'm ecstatic that the run game got going against CLT, and I'm ecstatic that it should do the same against SC State. But we've talked about it all week, and it's no secret, the downfield passing game the vertical passing game I want to see and I think needs to be an area of emphasis and an area of focus for this football team in this game you know you can pick on and bully the little guy you know that you proved that last weekend you will be able to shove SC State around guys we know that I mean we know that without a shout of a doubt we know that why not work on the things that you've been so painfully inconsistent at? Why not build up confidence in your passing game? And maybe that is the game plan. Who knows? But I think, again, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't take this game as an opportunity to get your quarterback going, get Spencer Rattler some confidence, Get the passing game working. I'm not saying don't run the football at all. That's not what I'm saying. But get your quarterback. Show him some love. Give him some opportunities. Let your athletes go be athletes in a ball game like this. So what is the offensive identity in this game? What is the offensive attack? Is it more of the same that we saw in the Charlotte game? Is it, dare I say, painfully conservative? Or do we see the Gamecocks? try some different things. And especially do we see Marcus Satterfield make it a point to get Spencer Rattler going and build some confidence and momentum before we go back into SEC play. Another big storyline for me, guys, moving to the other side of the defense, the turnovers. Do they continue to come in bunches, right, that second half? And I don't really care who the opponent is. When you're able to secure turnovers and get turnovers, you know, it's an interesting thing, guys. We talk about the chicken or the egg conversation, no pun intended, but um, 
you know, it's one of those things you can practice it and do it in scrimmages and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a mental thing. And, and you find yourself, you know, people say, you know, people talk about luck and turnovers are luck. Well, guys, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? And you find yourself in, in right place, right time situations. And, and, and once you start getting turnovers, they really do come in bunches, right? Like a lot of other things, they really do come in bunches. So do we see that early and often from the Gamecocks defense? Do we see that trend continue? And I hope we do because I think that could be something really big just from a mentality standpoint and confidence standpoint of a defense that if they go into Lexington saying, hey, we expect to get a couple turnovers, it's wild how just having that mindset versus a, man, we just haven't been able to get any all year. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get any. It's wild how the mindset alone can affect the performance on the field. So do the turnovers continue? We shall see. Finally, guys, my final storyline is this, and I talked about it already, but just who plays, how long, what does the personnel look like, and hey, do we see some guys we haven't seen on the field all season long, I'm talking the Tanner Baileys. I'm talking the Braden Davises. I'm talking the Colton Gothiers. Do we see some other guys, some other personnel? Do we see like a Landon Sampson? Do we see uh, some more young guys on defense? I know we've already seen a ton. Uh, so what does the personnel look like tomorrow night? And how careful, I should say, is Shane Beamer with this roster? Uh, again, I think this is a great opportunity to build confidence and score a lot of points and win by a large margin, but also you want to make sure you're taking care of your football team. You'd hate to have something stupid happen and, you know, obviously knock on wood, you'd hate for a guy to get injured or whatever that you need and you'll be counting on for the second half of the season. So how do they handle personnel? We're really excited to see. Let Guys, let's dive into our key matchups to watch the players you need to keep an eye out for. We'll start on the outside, and this will be a fun one because this is an NFL-type matchup. Gamecocks defensive back Cam Smith, against SC State wide receiver Shaquan Davis. And Shaquan Davis is a guy that Shane Beamer actually mentioned in his Tuesday presser when he mentioned number one for SC State, the wide receiver. That was Davis he was referring to. Davis on the season thus far, nine catches, 249 yards, and three touchdowns. He's their big play guy on the outside and really on that entire offense. Of course, we all know about Cam Smith. We all know his pedigree. We all know what he's about and the way he's been projected in the draft and stuff like that. That will be a really, really fun battle to watch on the outside. Guys, my second key match to watch. Speaking of the running game, I think it is yet again going to be a point of emphasis for us. How does Marshawn Lloyd follow up his big performance against CLT? I've got Marshawn Lloyd up against linebacker B.J. Davis for the Bulldogs. Davis thus far this season, 33 tackles, one tackle for loss, and two interceptions, the leader of Buddy Pugh's defense. And, of course, Marshawn Lloyd, guys. We saw him last weekend. We know what he's capable of. I would not be surprised to see another big night from him. And also, I wonder, again, with personnel, how long do they keep him in? He's already shown you what he can do. Maybe you give some other backs some opportunities, but I do expect early on there to be a heavy dosage of Marshawn Lloyd and B.J. Davis will be the guy that I think you'll see him having to go up against a lot in one-on-one -on -one situations. Finally, guys, my final key match to watch, and this is a fun one, we're moving to the coaching side of things. Gamecocks defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsey against SC State offensive line coach Nashawn Goddard. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you all, 
It should. Goddard played at USC from 2001 to 2005 and is actually a friend of the show. We have had Nashawn on the show before. Of course, that matchup in the trenches, I think one of the big reasons South Carolina's defense was able to take over in the second half against Charlotte, and you saw the turnovers happening, was because the defensive front was getting in the face of the Charlotte quarterback. I would expect that to be the game plan yet again. And you know Nashawn Goddard going to be fired up to come back into Wiggins-Brice Stadium and, and put his offensive line up against the South Carolina defensive line. And that's just going to be a really, really fun matchup within the matchup, if you will, really fun, just, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a clash, if you will, in this game. So Jimmy Lindsey against the Sean Goddard, really fun one to watch. And how does the Sean Goddard's offensive line fare in this one? Going to be a lot of fun and really happy he'll be returning to Williams-Brice Stadium. Guys, let's dive into our keys to the game and keys to victory. What South Carolina must do in this one to have a productive and successful night. The first thing is this, get Spencer Rattler going guys I don't care if you win by 50 points if Spencer Rattler has another pedestrian night like he had last weekend I don't know how you could look at this ball game and say it was a massive success again I think you'll be doing yourself a disservice and you are going to be missing a real opportunity to build your quarterback some confidence because guess what guys you're going to need above average quarterback play down the stretch to win big games against Kentucky A&M, Florida, Tennessee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my first key, get Spencer Rattler going. Get him in a group. And I'm not just talking about these dumb swing passes, these extended handoffs. Find some plays down the field, the intermediate passing game. I'm not saying you got to throw the ball up 50 yards every play. The intermediate passing game, but get him comfortable. Get him feeling good. Let him show why you wanted him so bad. In the first place, my second key to the game, this goes for offense, defense, special teams from the jump. Guys, the reason South Carolina was able to pull away and make such a big, uh, you know, a statement or, or, or really blow the doors off Charlotte in that second half was because they were on the attack. They were swarming. They were physical. They were after it. My second key to the game in this one, attack all night, attack from the opening whistle, Bring the heat, bring the pressure to SC State. If you do, I believe they will crumble. Attack, 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 and put the pressure on the Bulldogs. And my final key to the game, guys, is this. Ignore the elements. Listen, it's a short week. A lot of things are going crazy right now with the weather, and, you know, it's it's different, right? Your schedule. Show the ability to be mentally tough, to adapt, right? It's, it's life. Not everything's always going to go just according to a perfect plan and all that. Show the ability to ignore the elements, ignore the outside noise, go play for 60 minutes, handle your business. I understand some things are going to be a little bit different in regards to the personnel that's going to play and the way you, uh, you know, the, the way the game unfolds because it's on a Thursday night, but it's still football. It's still football, right? So ignore the elements, handle your business the right way, go take care of your business. You do that, you're going to have a very successful night. So again, guys, my three keys to the game, get Rattler going, attack all night, and ignore the elements, you do those three things, I think it'll be a very, very successful night at Williams-Brice Stadium. All right, let's dive into it, guys. My lead pipe lock of the week prediction brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Guys, A1 Air Quality Consultants is giving corporate services for working man 
prices. They have over 20 years in the mold industry and 10 years in the asbestos industry. They use the most modern scientific technology for highly accurate results. They perform the following services, mold testing air and surface, allergen testing air for pollen, dust, etc., asbestos testing in building materials, asbestos air testing to make sure it's not airborne, air monitoring services during abatement projects, and E. coli testing surface and water. Guys, for more information, Give them a call today at 864-619-2092. That's 864-619-2092. You can also find them on Twitter at A1 Air Quality One and on Instagram at A1 Air Quality Consultants. For any other questions, be sure to head to their website at A1AirQualityConsultants.com. That's A1AirQualityConsultants.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And again, we appreciate our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants for their love and support of the Spurs Up Show and also for sponsoring one of my favorite segments of the entire week, the Lead Pipe Lock of the Week prediction. Let's get into it. Guys, again, this is a game in which I know we're going to win. You know we're going to win. Shane Beamer knows we're going to win. Our football team knows we're going to win. Hell, South Carolina State themselves know that we are going to win. But it's not just about winning this football game, right? That's what I've been preaching all week long. Because you can go win this game 70-0, to but if you don't address the things you need to address and work on the things that you need to work on, what did you really accomplish, right? That being said, guys, normally I give you all some long-winded explanation of why I'm picking this or that or what have you. I'll keep this one pretty short and sweet, right? Things can get sort of wacky or out of control or crazy when you have a, a short week, especially the way this week has happened, finding out so last minute, you know, games on Thursday now, does that make this, uh, you know, a more interesting game than it should be, what have you? I don't even see this game being like Charlotte was. I think the Gamecocks are going to work SC State from the jump. Um, and it's no disrespect, by the way, I, I shouldn't have to say this, but it's no disrespect to SC State. I got nothing against the Bulldogs. I think Buddy Pugh is obviously a coaching legend. They've done a great job with their program in regards to putting guys in the NFL and producing quality football teams. I mean, you look what they did last year, right? Beat Deion Sanders in Jackson State uh, in that bowl game, if you will. So, you know, they're doing great things with SC State. But the talent gap is real. The talent gap is massive. The Gamecocks will be able to do whatever they want, guys. This is a name-your-score game for South Carolina. I mean, you could literally give me any score that, like, you could say 42 to 10. I say 48 to 7. I say 67 to 3. Like, I wouldn't even say you're crazy because I really think South Carolina can do whatever they want in this football game, Right. From a size, athleticism, speed, agility, skill, everything that goes into being a quality football player, the Gamecocks have the advantage, right? So with that being said, I think it is a productive night for South Carolina. I think the Gamecocks will lean on the running game more than I'd probably like. I want to believe they will make the pass game some sort of an emphasis and get Spencer Rattler going. 
However, I'm not holding my breath because, guys, unfortunately, I think Marcus Satterfield has shown us his true colors. And if he hasn't and he's going to prove me wrong tomorrow night, I would love nothing more. But until I see it, I just don't see us, especially in a short week. I think in a short week, they will simplify the game plan, right? They're not going to put anything crazy in there. I think they'll simplify the game plan. They'll go less is more. It'll be a lot of what you saw against CLT. I'm not even saying you got to throw 50 passes, guys. But how about just a couple of deep shots? Just just a couple. I'm not saying you got to throw the ball 50 times. But working on the vertical passing game, building confidence in the passing game, you're going to have the opportunity here. Jaheim Bell, Josh Van, Antoine Wells, Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown, Jalen Brooks, Dak Joyner, Austin Stogner, Trey Kenyon, they're all good enough to go out there and win their matchups. They're all good enough to go out there and have really big nights for you and win their individual one-on-one battles, right? SC State can't double everybody, guys. They, they just can't. So you're going to have opportunities in the passing game if you want them. You don't have to take advantage of it to win this game, but you need to do so. You need to do so to have something to build on, to build confidence in that facet of your game as you go back into SEC play. That being said, I think it'll be an attacking football team, especially the defensive side. I think the turnovers will continue offensively. Again, you'll be able to have your way, whether it be on the ground, through the air, whatever you choose. The Gamecocks will cruise to victory in this one, guys. I think you'll see the starters out probably middle of the third quarter. I, I mean, I really do think South Carolina, you know, the Gamecocks might be a 6-6 six and six football team this year, but they're going to beat the absolute shit out of SC State. Lock me in, guys. My lead pipe lock of the week brought to you by A1 Air Quality Consultants. I've got the Gamecocks winning big. Give me USC 66, SC State 10. I think it is a very fun night for the boys in Garnet and Black. Gamecocks will run away with this one. We will be able to kick our feet up in the second half, undoubtedly. So, again, lock me in. South Carolina 66, the Bulldogs 10. would love to hear your thoughts, guys. How do you feel about this game? And uh, what's your score prediction? I would love to hear from you. Uh, that being said, before we get out of here, let's dive into your listener questions that you have for this game. Again, guys, thank you all so much for your patience this week, uh, being able to rock and roll with the punches, obviously, with the game being moved up, stuff like that. Normally, this show is on Friday, and, uh, it sort of hit me too, and I was ha I had to adjust my schedule as well. But dude, thank you all so much, man. Obviously, for always being engaging because we got tons of questions here as well. Chris Jower Seven says, "What kind of crowd do you anticipate for a last minute call on a Thursday night game?" I think it'll be solid. It won't be sold out. Um, I'd say the you know. 35 to 40,000, just realistically, man. People have travel plans. I'm trying to do everything I can, guys. If you have tickets, by the way, and you need help selling them or getting them to somebody, tweet it out, tag me, whatever. I will reshare it. Let's share it to the masses and uh, get these tickets out to Gamecock fans who want to go to the games. Ben Smitty 2017 says, do you think we'll get to six wins? Can't see us beating Kentucky. Ben Smitty, let me say this. Right now, I think we're probably about a 6-6 six and six team. Let's just worry about SC State, though, man, because a lot can change. Uh, Jay Davis 13 says, do you think the attendance will be low? I just talked about that. I do think it'll be lower than normal, but again, guys, you can't blame Gamecock fans. I mean, it's such a last-minute thing, and people have work, and people have obligations, and people have travel, and, you know, it's just tough. So, it is what it is, but I, I will not hold it against Gamecock fans if there's only 
twenty or 30,000 in there. It just kind of is what it is. Krusty Andy says, over under 250 Rattler passing yards. I hope they let him go over and get quality reps down the field. Krusty Andy, if, if, if that total is under, if that total is under, I don't, I don't even know what to say, man. I, I just, I'll be disgusted. I'll be disgusted, to be honest with you. Uh, the Wesley Blevins, what is the biggest factor? We need to be able to beat Kentucky. Line of scrimmage play. They've dominated you up front every time they beat you. Matt Galt, six. TV is yet to be announced. SEC Network is the channel. SEC Network in the channel. He also says, I gave away my two tickets, so there'll be asses in my seats. Love that, Matt. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I am CD2. I can't wait for Thursday. I wish we had weekday games. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Clay Land Jones, are critics overreacting with this Gamecocks team? How good really are we? And that feels like kind of a contradicting two statements. I don't think anybody's really overreacting. I think you just go off of what you see. I, I really do. I, 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 at least I can only speak for my commentary. I don't think I've been overcritical. I, I just think we've given an honest assessment through four games. And it hasn't quite looked the way we thought it would. Uh, again, it would do a lot. You'd be doing yourself a lot of favors if you're Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield and that crew to go out and, uh, you know, light up the scoreboard through the air a little bit because that's what fans thought you were going to do. Get the ball. Let your playmakers make some big plays on Saturday night. Well, or excuse me, Thursday night. I'm, I'm getting my dates confused. Let your playmakers make some big plays tomorrow night. What a what a concept that is. Uh, David Barnes, 76, uni prediction. I think Beamer goes boring again, white, garnet, white. I think he goes boring. That's just my prediction, though. Who knows? Uh, final question, Austin Vaught, what is up with Josh Van? Put him on a milk carton, Austin. I, I don't know. I really genuinely don't know. I hate to see it, too, because the guy came back to have a big year and build on his draft stock, and uh, nothing of the sort has happened, unfortunately. So, uh, hopefully this is the weekend, or this is the week, I should say, that he gets going and uh, he's able to carry that in SEC play and, you know, we can utilize him because we're going to need all the weapons we can get down the stretch if we're going to get to six, seven, God forbid, eight wins in this season. Guys, that's going to do all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support, guys. One more time, like I said, the TSUS tailgate is on tomorrow at Seawells, spot 78. We'll be back in our normal spot, 230 to kick off. That's when we'll be out there. 2.30 to kick off at Seawells tomorrow. So would love to have you guys come on out. Hey, I would say this too, by the way, for the students out there. I don't know if USC is going to cancel class, but if you're not willing to skip class for the tailgate and for the game especially, are you really even a Gamecock football fan? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Anyways, come out to the tailgate. We'll be out there 2.30 to kick off. Of course, guys, TDC normal today and Friday, 10 to 12 tomorrow as we talk with J.C. Sherbert and a game day edition, by the way, of the Daily Crow. will be a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, guys, the Friday podcast, which will drop, that will be a full recap, breakdown, everything like we'd normally do on a Monday. We will do that on the Friday podcast. So, as always, guys, content bleeding out the eyeballs, and the next time I talk to you on the podcast airwaves here on these airwaves, we'll be recapping and breaking down what happened in the game against SC State. So you know, y'all know how I operate. I'll leave you with this: Go Cox, beat SC State, and we'll talk to you on Friday.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 